Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trick or treat, Rob. Oh, honey, I've been using that line for ages. Oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Who are you going for for Halloween? Why, one of our Patreon sponsors, of course. <laughs> okay, I, I want to be that too, but, but how do I do that? Well, Rob? my little ghoul, head on over to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com and search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends and set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing and bringing the legend stories to your ears. I'm thinking about going as Sergio Franchi myself. Suit yourself. Maybe Tim Curry, actually. Anything can happen on Halloween. Your dog turned into a cat. Charles Strauss. We need the green screen. We need the green screen. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. For over 50 years, today's guest has been actively involved in some of the most memorable musicals of our time. As a performer, he was seen in the musicals Irene, Seesaw, Rachel Lily Rosenblum, A Chorus Line, The Act, Dance and big deal. But in the early 1980s, his eye began to move beyond the table where he choreographed the original productions of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Baby, Jerry's Girls, <laughs> The Who's Tommy, for which he won a Tony Award, the revivals of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Sweet Charity, plus Dream, Aida, Holler If You Hear Me, and the long-running phenomenon, Wicked. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Michael Bennett, Bob Fosse, Sir John Gielgud, Liza Minnelli, and so many more, here's the only man to have his face up on three Broadway theaters at the same time, Wayne Salento. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So are we. (laughs) Yeah. So I have to ask you, Wayne, like in the 70s, you were doing the act and dancing and a chorus line. Right. So if you went to any one of these theaters, you could see Wayne's face on the lobbies outside. This is a, this is a feat. Well, it was also uh, photographs on the outside of the, of the, of the theater. Got it. It started with a chorus line. (laughs) Two and a half years, yeah. left a chorus line, having nerves break down, <laughs> went back to funny, the ensemble, Dance for Liza. It was called Shine It On, then it was called The Act. Right. We went to L.A., right. came back. In the process of doing that, Graziella, yeah. Danielle, set me up in an audition for dancing, and <laughs> such, such a freak show. My and God. then, so I got dancing. So at that one point, it was... The act at the Majestic, dancing at the Broadhurst, yeah. and Chorus Line, all at the same time. <laughs> you like to keep busy. It never happened again. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Right. But that's kind of like, yeah. I, it's monumental, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God, yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. All right, so where, when did you first discover the love of dance? Eighteen. Uh, Eight, really? Yeah. Eighteen in high school. I was on the track team, and I did some gymnastics in gym, and I didn't know a clue about basketball or any of that other stuff. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of like um, drafting 
some people in the school to do a musical. And the first musical they did was um, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And they cast me as the lead dancer, along with this girl named Kathy Colty, who became my wife. Uh-huh. You know? and, um, and then I did a little lab in the next year, and then I went to junior college to become a pharmacist. Ah, okay. Okay. Somewhere in the middle of that, I went, no. I was going to say, how that work out not going to happen. <laughs> so I was like taking dance classes in Connecticut, like I was in the closet, and yeah. decided to come out and... Um, not literally. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. and I was studying dance and I thought, well, what am I doing? I really loved doing what I did. So I looked at Dance Magazine and I went down the list and I pointed to Brockport University and I became a dance major, phys ed minor, mm-hmm. and got a degree in that. And then along that, and while I was doing that, I did summer stock. Where was that? So I did North Shore Music Theater. Oh, went yeah. around oh, a couple yeah. of times. Oh, yeah. So I did Holo Twi- Holy Dolly twice. Then I did... Um, did you have any big stars that are like headline? Do you remember? Well, like- I did Angela Lansbury. I did Name. Okay. Oh. John Davidson. I did Oklahoma. And I did it with Molly Pecan. Yeah. Oh, my God. For yeah. Holo Dolly and... No, there's another one. We love Something. one of those. We one of those shows. Milk right. and Honey. And then and my, honey. I started auditioning around on Broadway, and my first show was Seesaw. That's, that is incredible. So now, what did your mom and dad do for a living? Um, my mom was a housewife. My father was a taxi driver, bus driver, became a mechanic, and became a foreman of uh, Chevrolet. Chevrolet and yeah. was very successful. And whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in the Bronx until I was 13, uh-huh. and then I moved to Westchester, where I live now. Okay. And my dad's still alive, and he still lives in that oh, house. Oh, God bless. That's yeah, cool. 95. God yeah. bless. Yeah. That's fantastic. Good for dad. And we live like 10 minutes away. Oh, that's fantastic. So we bought a house up there. Okay. Yeah. Very did, cool. What was, We're in the house ever... for 48 years. Jeez. Yeah. God. Ridiculous. That's yeah. good. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what was the first Broadway show that you saw? I mean, did you ever get into, into uh, this Cabaret. City? My oh wow! Aunt and uncle took me, and nice. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah. And they said, "That's you know, it's Broadway. People do this for a living." And I said, "I'm in. I'm so in." <laughs> and I didn't even know I was in. It was just that I was infatuated yeah. by it. And they also took me to Radio City mm. to see the Rockettes and stuff for Christmas. And it was like that was like the the baseline. Right. The and then in way. high school, I always danced. Dancers with all the black kids, yeah, and they taught me everything. Beat me up first, but now yes, became their best friend and yeah. taught me dances. You know, embraced me. That's so, so cool. I kind of like had the rhythm. Yeah. Were you like an old movie guy as well, like the uh, like the Gene Kelly MGM, first thing? Yeah. all the way. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite versus Kelly versus Astaire? I Not so much. used to like Kelly, and yeah. then I grew to like Astaire. Okay, yeah, that elegance for, for some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Kelly was like you know. Masculine, small, yeah, you know the whole bit. And your parents were cool with you saying, "Hey, I'm going to go into the arts." Ah, uh, they didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Great, you know, they kept on saying, "You're never going to make a living like that." It's ridiculous. Oh uh-huh. yeah. And then, what was auditioning like when you first came to New York? I mean, I assume you went to dance. How did calls. you know what to do? Yeah. That's, I mean, um, you know, I, I took dance classes from everyone. I think I've probably dance for every choreographer known to man. Mm. And I, like, in th- those days were different. Mm. It was like you go to class, Ron Farella was around then, 
I think Peter Gennaro yeah. was around. I used to teach for Peter Gennaro when he was out. Um, who else? Graziella taught. Mm-hmm. Matt Maddox was teaching. Mm-hmm. But all of that Jack Cole stuff. Yeah. And then Lee Theodore was around. And she got into my life and took me under her wing for a while. She opened up a lot of opportunities for me because she was doing Dance Machine. Right. And you were with right. Dance Machine well, for a while. And I was with yeah. Dance Machine for a while. And she kept on throwing me in roles and saying, no, you can do this, do this. And, you know, throw me out there and I would be a part in West Side Story. And then I would be, what's that thing, um, that uh, Burt Bacharach musical. That oh, was. Promises, Promises. No, it was the other thing with two people. Lucy Arnaz did it. Oh, they're, they're playing our song? They're playing our song. Okay. She made me play a part in that. So she was throwing me. Okay. stuff it was like what I'm not ready for this and she wow. said yeah yeah you can you can do this you can do this and so I just went along for the journey and then mm-hmm. part of the journey was she uh, came up with an idea to do a show about Jack Lowe Jack Cole mm-hmm. so for a year and a half I studied Jack Cole I was Jack we yeah. went to Japan we did it was a show called Jack right? it was called Jack it was an incredible experience but I don't even know why I'm alive. It was one of those. Wow. Yeah. She, we opened up. It was kind of really dysfunctional. It was great, but not. Right. And she said, we're a big bomb. I'm going home. You're fantastic. And she left me there for like yeah, two months. Shit. Wow. Yeah. Now, for some of our listeners who are not aware, who was Jack Cole and what were his contributions to dance? Jack Cole's amazing. I'd like to do a show about him. But yeah. um, So Jack Cole, Gwen Verdon, Gwen came from Jack's company. So all of that, but Jack Cole was like the, the father of jazz. Mm-hmm. He kind of like, it was the bridging gap of mm-hmm. how it just kind of transferred into a lot of influences from a lot of different choreographers. And you know, choreography, choreographers and choreography is transferred over and, you know, big influences in my life would be, I would say Jack Cole as a dancer, but mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other dancers, but director types would be, I would say Michael Bennett and Bob Fosse yeah. are the, the biggest influences in my life. And I would have to put Lee Theodore in there also. She mm-hmm. really gave me a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity two years, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's like two years ago, I finally got the opportunity to put an American Dance Machine show together. Did you hear about that Yeah, one? tell us at a little the, bit at, more about the, this. Joy, I was hoping this was Joyce gonna... Theater. Yeah, tell us, please. You know, I always thought that Although Lee was such a brilliant woman and she had such an amazing idea to kind of save all of that choreography from great shows, great choreographers that gets mm. kind of thrown away and yep. you forget about it. So she was doing that, which was great. But she never found um, a way of doing it. or an, uh, It came out like a, a recital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she couldn't find a format, I mm-hmm. guess. It's a format. So mm-hmm. she used to do all of these numbers from all these abstract shows all over the place from all these different choreographers and then she and of course I was in them threw them together and it was like you you do a number out of nowhere and you don't know where the hell it's coming from and you're in period clothes and you're doing the stuff and blackout go away change all your shit (laughs) come back out and do another number from another show from somewhere else and it was like yeah it was great great experience we killed ourselves she had a company and the company was our, the, the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And then she got like celebrities, like Donna was in it, mm-hmm. I did it, 
you know, dancer yeah. types that were like really yes. had a name for themselves yeah. on Broadway yeah. and stuff like that. Donna and I danced together at a time. Um, Gwen was re- sponsoring it. Graziella was sponsoring it. They were all trying to get this idea out there because it was a good idea. Anyway, long story short. So Lee passes away and Nikki Adelman, I yeah. think is her name, she bought the title of American Dance Machine. So she did a couple of variations of it with different directors. And one year she was looking for a director. So I had lunch with her. And I said, I would love to do because I have a lot of issues that I want to resolve for myself. Because at doing it, I felt like there's just so much more to be had. And um, we said yes. And it was a long period because you go through a list of stuff and you try to make it a rhyme and reason of what things are blending into mm-hmm. things and why it's all happening. So I started with Jack Cole mm-hmm. and I did um, Beale Street Blues. Mm-hmm. Cheetah did that. Yeah. Gwen did a, a version of that. Um, and I, and I, and I, I felt like I needed to tell the audience something. So we did projections. I did the year, um, the title of the show, where it came from, who Jack Cole, you know, like I gave the audience like a, like a guide yeah. to get Context. through it. So it kind of like told a story and it wove it all together. And I went from uh, Beale Street Blues right into Gotta Dance because Gene Kelly danced with Jack Cole in the day. Gene Kelly became a choreographer. Got to dance. The, the evening was about dance, so I figured I'd introduce it right away. Then we went to Tommy Tune, and we did Grand Hotel, and we just went down the list. And it just kind of, it was it was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, it just emotionally took you on this journey. Yeah. And I thought, yes, I did it, and I was really happy that I did. Do you want to do more of them, or did, did that? Um, put that to no, rest I for think you? I had it. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. I He's got think, I think I'm going to do my own things. Uh, talk about Peter Gennaro for a little bit because he's love a name that comes up a lot on the podcast. Yeah. So love him. Yeah. And he's one of those other ones. It's like the Peter Gennaro's, the, the, uh, the um, Jack Coles, the Matt Maddox's, all those people. They left such an impact. He was such a. And I danced for him with Tony Stevens. So that I first met Tony Stevens, we went out and did an industrial. Peter was choreographing it. It was hysterical because Tony had the shorthand with Peter. Peter, he danced to music that no one could hear. And the reason why I'm saying that was he was hard of hearing, had a hearing aid. So he heard stuff in the orchestrations that no one would hear, no one would choreograph to. But he was doing it. And all those feet, yeah. it was somewhere in some line, somewhere in some <laughs> orchestration. So kind of Tony was filtering through and the two of us would get together and we would do our thing and we'd get it together. I had a great time. What was your go-to audition song? I sang um, Stevie Wonder. Okay. Yeah, I was always like the rebellion. <laughs> right. I never did theatrical songs. It was uh, Lately. Okay. Uh, from, wow. Yeah. I like that. Have I Don't told you ask me why. I don't even know why I got jobs. But anyway. <laughs> you can dance. Uh, seesaw. Yeah. So let's talk about Michael Bennett. Seesaw. So that was a rough one. 
Yeah, yeah we, we're, we've heard we're, we're, we're interested. Other, other well, I mean, I auditioned forever. It was the the most monumental audition ever. <laughs> Constantly around and around and around. Uh, I was in college then. I was commuting back and forth from Brockport to get to the auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe around four or five of them. Got to callbacks. Went back to Brockport. Got a call, and I got it. But I got it as a swing. <laughs> And went to Detroit as a swing. And then in Detroit, you know the story, right? Michael yeah, Bennett. Tell us. Tell Bennett, us. Yeah. Michael Bennett got called in. That's right. And he fired almost everyone in right. the company. So including all principals. I was hiding in clothes racks because he was... <laughs> what's, what's the name? Wait, wait. wait. The, the original choreographer was... Grover Dale? He, Grover right. Dale. Yeah. Grover Dale was tapping people on their shoulder going, don't bother coming back tomorrow as we were performing. And so I was hiding in racks. I was like, get away from me. <laughs> and so then Tony Steven came in and Michael Bennett was choreographing. Grover was kind of gone and uh, brought in by York. I met Tommy Walsh, a whole string of us. But Tommy too. So yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't swinging anymore, now I was in the show. So it must have been a pretty heady time. This is your first Broadway show. Yeah. Were you cool about it or were you... Uh, no, it was great. Actually, I did Seesaw. I quit Seesaw to do Rachel Lily Rosenblum. Right. Let's, let's with a lot of the... Cor- like, people that yeah. you would then meet again with the chorus line. The biggest bomb musical around. I mean, it was like... I think you're our first guest who was involved with the show. Who was? I think, no, I think I you're think our you first that, that, were, that was oh, involved Oh, really? So we would love to yeah, hear Yeah, but Kelly Bishop yep. and, and uh, Green, Ellen Green, oh, Ellen Green yes. and yeah. that Jabbar composer oh, yeah, guy was yeah, in it, yeah. and Andre the Shield. Oh, Andre. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andre on the show. Yeah, Andre, yeah. He was one of our first guests. Amazing. And once again, I was a swing. <laughs> Prayed every night that the show would close because it was insanity. <laughs> you didn't have to pray that We'd long. We never opened. <laughs> right. Um, it was kind of brilliant, but yeah. so weird and such a like big hit bomb musical. Right. I'm sure there were many things. What was the weirdest thing that happened that you remember? Because um, we've heard just, just watching all of these non-theatrical people putting a, a show together right. yeah. was the weirdest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Plus... Pink G-string, cages, hullabaloo what? in a... Ca- oh. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. Burlesque before it was even burlesque. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. So, after that, closed, went back to try to get back into Seesaw. They yeah. said no. Oh, they did? Yes. <laughs> and then I got... Um, Irene. I got it, Irene. Yeah. And I replaced Albert Stevenson. Oh my goodness. And that's where then they started calling around seeing if any of us wanted to come to this taping thing. So then tell us about getting invited to this tape session. What is this tape session? So uh, I guess Michonne yes. and Tony had had it that dancers were shit on and that no one really realized that, you know, the dancers in the show kind of like keep yeah. the show going and, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's the energy. Everyone goes to see choreography, blah, blah, blah. So they came up with an idea about doing a show about dancers. So they knew they weren't going to get like the Tommy Washes and the, and the Kelly Bishops and me and all of these people in the room. I even forget who was in the room. Um, so they used, they called up Michael and asked Michael if they can use his name. And he said yes. 
And so we, you know, I called up Tommy. I said, are you going? I said, I'm going. If you go, it's Michael Bennett. So we all kind of like did that, the yeah. phone yeah. tech thing. And we wound up in some studio, I don't know, somewhere downtown. Yeah. And uh, Tony gave a dance class with, after doing a show. <laughs> and we danced and then we all sat around. And of course, Michael, brilliant that he was, started off the conversation, told us a lot of personal things that came up, but it also, you know, it set up the tone. And as we got around, people more opened up and more opened up and kind of like throwing up all over right. the place. Yeah. So, What was the biggest thing you learned out of those sessions, just listening to other people? Well, it was like a big therapy se session. Yeah. I mean, we I think the biggest thing that we got out of it is that, well, eventually the core of the show, like Chorus Line, um, that we were so tight. It was such a tight family because mm -hmm. Everyone knew everything about each other. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like all our dirty laundry was out there. I mean, it was just, we were, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an intent. It was intense. And Michael was trying it. I mean, he'd give me a monologue, take the monologue away, give it to Tommy Wall. She'd say no one would believe that I was married and had a kid, so he gave it to Don. Um, you know, he's just yeah. playing mind trips with us. But, oh, it, I, wow. but in a way, it got us more and more insecure and each time we got more and more insecure, we got more and more brilliant in what we were doing. Because mm -hmm. we all needed to shit on that line. We were auditioning for our life. Yeah. And that was the truth. And when we got comfortable, when it got to be a year and a half, and we were all like, oh, I'm an actor. You know, I'm cool, I'm acting now. That's when we got flat. It wasn't yeah. like that, right. that urgency and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. This was workshop for quite a bit. I mean, as they we did two. We did two workshops for $100. They were just a hundred dollars a week. That's mm -hmm. it. Was it weird to hear your story in it coming out of a character's mouth? <laughs> well, I got to. Well, I got to do uh, mm -hmm. Sammy Williams' story about the sister. I didn't have a sister, mm -hmm. but I got to do pieces of my, my all of my story. No one really took my story. That would have been strange. Yeah. But I took Tommy Walsh's, not Tommy Walsh's, uh, Sammy Williams. Uh -huh. I was supposed to do another number. I was supposed to do the shit Richie section. When you were at the public, did you know that this thing was going to be? All. Not at all. This is going to be fun. We're done. We're moving on to the next thing. We didn't have a clue. <laughs> and we were all like at one point so sick. They were shooting us up with vitamin B, C shots. Oh, yeah. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. yeah. And just throw us out on stage. Wow. We didn't know. When did you start to realize there's something here? Something's going to happen to us? Um, I think we all realized it when there were lines like wrapped around the theater. And the ticket to get was Chorus Line. How do you stay grounded in a massive success like that? Fear. <laughs> Just fear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we're still, even though we've been around and we've all done a couple of Broadway shows under our belt, we were still green. Right. You know, I was, what, 21? Yeah, 20, you were younger. And you were married at this time? Uh, yeah. So then uh, you, you do a chorus line, and how long were you with the chorus line for? So I made it for two and a half years. Two, you could do two and a half years. Two and years. a half years, and then, you know, half of us went to, they went to L.A. All right. I decided I'm not going to L.A. Yeah. And they all thought they were going to be movie stars and stuff like that. <laughs> I had a house, I had a kid, you know, so I'm right. staying here. I think five of us stayed, and then, you know, the Ann Rankings came through, and uh whole bunch of different people came through and I was okay for a minute but then I started getting numb I started it takes like a toll you know, on your body I mean like, well not only that I was just like not there 
I would get back in the line and I'd like by Eric was next to me I'd go did I just do that number oh my goodness she said yeah yeah oh yeah I said how was it I was like that I was like it was when you get like you're like on automatic pilot and you don't even know what the hell you're doing that was scary yeah and um you know, and again, and I think it was a time where we all got out of our comfort zone and pushed forward to get something different, new, mm. and exciting. And I mean, obviously, I could have stayed with Chorus Line for a long time because I had responsibilities, but I was losing it. Yeah. So I threw myself back out there, and I went and I auditioned for Liza. I thought, if I'm going to dance for anyone, I'm going to dance for her. Right. Yeah. And I got it, and I danced for Juan Lewis, and he's brilliant. And I killed myself, and I got insane reviews. This is what would become the act. The act, yeah. Insane reviews. Uh, uh, Clyde Barnes pointed me out. I'm dancing with four other guys. No, three other guys. There was only four guys and four girls. But it was like, well, it was insane. Hmm. I don't know where it came from, but... And then, uh, like I told you, Graziella got to... Bob, Bob had already cast a dance and I thought I was having a private audition. Ha. For Fosse, yeah. What a joke. What? Everyone had a private audition. Oh <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I'm right. so special. What was that like though? I mean, because had you ever auditioned for him before? I, I, I did. I auditioned for Chicago uh-huh. and we were doing the workshop of Chorus Line uh-huh. and I didn't get it. Uh-huh. And I went, ah, the hell with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't get Chicago. I, want, I really wanted it, but... I'll just say what Chorus Line. Mm-hmm. The Chorus Line became. <laughs> of course. Right. It was. Of course. So then I auditioned again. And I, uh, so I, I walked in the room, just Bob, Annie, and Gordon, and a drummer. And Bob is just, I mean, I, the whole Bob and Gwen thing. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Okay. It's so disturbing to me. Because I think one of Bob's incredible elements and characteristics that he had and personality is that he's completely charismatic and charming and he has this incredible ability to make you feel like you're the most special thing Mm -hmm. around and I think it's his finesse and uniqueness that he could pull stuff out of you and Mm -hmm. see how far he could go with the trust I mean you trust him so much you just kind of like let it go Mm -hmm. and um, talk about lately so of course dancers have the stigma they can't sing because dancers dance and they don't sing so you're a nervous wreck Um, so anyway I got in there we danced I danced with Annie Bob was dancing along it was great had a great time and then it came to singing and I got to the piano and I sang lately and he (laughs) said could you raise the key to Gordon raise the key could you raise it any higher Again, raise the key. I'm singing like a bird, no problem. <laughs> really felt really comfortable about myself. I was like on cloud nine. He said, the show is cast and I don't know what I'm going to do, but thank you for coming in. And I was like, walked out of that room, went across the hall to the act. And it was like, fuck it. I had, oh, sorry. That's funny. I had the best time of my life. So opening night, I'm doing this one particular step, I'm dead center, and I'm bent over, and I'm looking into the audience, and there's Bob Fosse staring right at my face, and I go to myself, holy shit, holy shit. So, continue that, get to the party, and I run into him, 
and he says, I want you. I want you in dancing, and I'll figure out what to do. I, I, I said, oh my God, okay, great. Oh, that's like a dream. And that was it. Yeah. I said, please don't tell lies. I was the dance captain for yeah. the show, and I doubled both shows until we went to Boston to try out. My God. <laughs> okay, so collaborating with Liza Minnelli, working with her, what is that experience like? Performing with her? Yeah. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Um, and I was the dance captain, so I had this responsibility of getting her out of the dressing. Okay. <laughs> what was that like? Well, she, I mean, she's 150%. So, right. intermission, she passes out, she goes, she relaxes, she, you know, she's doing her thing. She's not, it's, you know, in between intermission, intermission, 10, 15, 20, oh. half an hour. Oh. Oh. Phil Friedman's going, Wayne, we gotta get her out of here. So I go, Liza, 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 oh, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> the whole bit, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta do the yeah, show. We gotta right go. Now. She goes, Really? I said, Yeah, get dressed, come on. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> I get her out there. We do. I'm telling you, the show went down like one night, like one o'clock. <laughs> It was insane, but she's phenomenal. Yeah. And then I did a, a couple of acts for her. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. And she's just a professional workaholic. Yeah. She kills herself. She's 150% all the time. Okay, so now you get into dancing. Okay. All right. So what goes on now? First you're told, we don't want you. Now we want you. What's this rehearsal process like? Well, first of all, it was so funny because, again, I'm like in a zone. I'm like, tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it, hundred percent. But I don't do. I can't do any extra curricular activity with schmoozing, networking, talking to people, flirting. Nothing. Right. I used to do what he did, and he gave me everything, everything. I was out of two numbers. Wow. I was out of the the girl's number, and if he could have, he would have put me in a dress. <laughs> and, <laughs> One other number, I don't know what it was. He killed me, but that's why I got a Tony nomination. You got yeah. recognized, yeah. Right. I, I mean, yeah. it was he. And he said he was I, going to. I'm I know. I I was pretty much the only male singer. With John Minio and I did the mm -hmm. thing, but then pretty much everything else was Bojangles. I sang all the yeah. other stuff. I said mm -hmm. he was phenomenal, but I but he used to laugh at me because I was like at the wing, like at the proscenium, just sitting there waiting for him to call me back on the stage. <laughs> but the best part of it was that, well, first of all, my show was phenomenal. I yeah. mean, he really gave me a gift. And again, I don't know what the drama was with anyone because he came, never touched me with anything, never a head trip, nothing, mm -hmm. just complete respect. Right. And he did the same thing in Big Deal when he called yeah. me for Big Deal. And yeah. it was like, I'm on, I'm in. Right. Um, but when they were doing, um, and I felt bad about it, but I understood, but I still kind of feel bad about it. So when he was doing all that jazz, he came up to me and he said, Wayne, I'm not going to use you for all that jazz. I really need you to hold down the fort in dancing. He said, you have to keep the show together. I said, absolutely no problem. So, but one day when um, Charles Ward was doing his solo, Percussion Four, I don't know why, but he was next to me. And he said to me, when I do the movie of dancing, the scene is, Charles will be dancing, 
but I'm going to do a shot of you in the men's room peeing. And I went, really? <laughs> and he, what he was saying was, I could give two shits about whoever had solos. God bless them. I had my own goddamn show. I didn't want to do anyone else's show. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. I was like so chill, not jealous, you know, and, but yeah. he picked up on that. It was yeah. like, I was straight arrow. I was doing my job. No grief about, oh, he's doing that. Right, Why am I? Right. Yeah, all that stuff. Wow. And so then, okay, so you were in the room with Bennett and you were in the room with Fosse. How would you compare their styles or their rehearsal methodology? Completely different. And in, in which way? How would you describe? Bennett was a genius in choreographing the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Not that Bob wasn't, but mm -hmm. Bennett like transitions, things, curtains, costumes, things flowing in and out. Could care less about the combination. So Bennett <laughs> used to put... Donna McKechnie, Bayork, Tommy Walsh, myself, and maybe one other person in the room, and we would come up with vocabulary steps. Oh. And then we'd put some combination together. He'd come in and he'd go, no, take that out, do two of those, do this, do that, do that. He'd leave, we'd fix it, come back in, he'd change it again, we'd do it again. He'd come back, he'd go, okay, great. Get out there, let's teach everybody. And that's how we did the choreography. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, he used to pull it out of his ass and do stuff like on the fly. Sure. But he wasn't really into, he wasn't interested in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He was interested in the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Fosse is a control freak. He does everything himself. I mean, to the finger, to the shoulder, to the thing, to the, you know, all of it, plus the other stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I got both worlds. Mm -hmm. I got him as this genius transitions, how things move, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Definitely was influenced with that with my work. And then Bob, just the simplicity is like so powerful mm -hmm. and all that stuff and seeing him work. And when you work today, do you find yourself aligning yourself with one or the other when, when you're actually directing and choreographing? I think it's, I think it's both. I think it's, a, com it's a combination yeah. of both. I mean, you, you have to, I mean, even me as a choreographer working with directors, I'm the one that is yanking all of the transitions and things together. Of course, directors have ideas, but I'm making it flow with bodies and with sets and stuff like that. So I learned a lot. When you first started dancing, did you think, I'm going to be a choreographer at no. some point? When did that start to interest you? I didn't. I just fell into it. I just, really? Yeah. I, I really wanted to go to, to California and be Gene Kelly, but they weren't doing that shit anymore. No, they weren't. Yeah. So it was, it just kind of like, it was like, okay, this could be fun. And I just fell into it. I mean, like Bob Geraldi asked me and then yeah. Steve, Steve Horn asked me and another director asked me and so Bob called me back. We're choreo choreographing these commercials. Yeah. 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 So Joseph, how does, how does Joseph come to So I met these producers, Susan Green mm -hmm. and I forget her partner's name. And uh, they were doing Joseph and it was in Washington. And I commuted from Washington. Every day. I know, I don't know how I did. <laughs> and um, so I had, the, you know, Bob Duva? See the name again? Bob Duva? No. An agent. So he was my agent at uh, that time. And he negotiated an incredible contract mm -hmm. because I had right of first refusal. I did it in Washington. And the show was, got picked up. And the producers wanted Tony Tanner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tony Tanner to direct and choreograph it. So I got royalties for doing nothing. Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Wow. I would have to say that 
Joseph, Aida, and Wicked were the only three shows out of the 11 that I choreographed that I made money on. Okay, so baby, this is interesting. How do you make people dance that are not dancers? Interesting. The the characters, I'll say. I have to say, the commercials, I used to have to make dancers look like they were real people Mm. and real people that couldn't move, move like... Yeah. It was yeah. all natural to them. Mm-hmm. So I approached it just that way. Okay. You had three girls in the doctor's office. One had a basketball. Make that a number. Mm-hmm. One was, you know, pregnant. She didn't mm-hmm. want to be pregnant. Figure out how to do that. Right. I mean, I just kind of baseball game. Okay, fine. I'll do yeah. baseball moves. Put it in a locker room. <laughs> just, make you just make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inspiration wherever yeah. you can. Yeah. Um, okay. Big deal. Yeah. Beat me daddy eight to the bar. This is iconic. So how did that number come to fruition? How much was you? How much was Mr. Fossey? So here I am, fat and choreographing. Because well, you weren't, were you still really performing during this No, I was period? choreographing. Right, you were yeah, like, I you thought to, you'd hung that yeah, up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you make that conscious cause... decision saying No, oh. no, I mean, okay, so dancing, yeah. Tony Award. Yeah. Where the hell am I going? I mean, right. I'm, not a leading man. I'm not a leading man. Right. I'm not going to go back in the on the ensemble now. Right. Now it, now I'm really screwed. Um, I did perfectly. No, perfectly yeah. frank. Perfectly frank. That's right. That was yeah. that was good. Yeah. I maybe did maybe one other show, and then I started choreographing. I just I was pumping out mm-hmm. shows, and then I get a call from Bob, and he goes, "I'm doing a show called Big Deal. I want you in it." I said, "I'm there." I walked in there. I was a fat slob, and I said. <laughs> I, Believe me, tights, sweatpants, classic pants, tank top, t-shirt, sweatshirt. He was. He laughed at me and he said, "Getting back in shape." I said, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> and I just the layers kept coming off, and I got back. I got back. So cool. Yeah. I. Yeah. I think it was maybe the best thing that I've done in my career, and I was. What, why do you say that? Well, because at that point I was. I wasn't, I was a man. I right. You weren't a kid. Anymore. You weren't like 21. I, yeah. I had experience. I kind of knew what he wanted. Yeah. I you choreograph now and you, yeah, you've seen I what it's like. I came about it as a character more so than a dancer. Mm-hmm. I was completely confident mm-hmm. in what I could do. Mm-hmm. And I was in the best shape that I've ever been. And I turned it out. It was amazing. <laughs> And we'll post that clip for all of our, our listeners, but it's, it's absolutely incredible. So how much of that was you? How much was Mr. Fossey? All oh, of it's Mr. all Fossey? him. Great. It's all him. It's all him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I just watched him, did what I did, totally in, you know, committed to the role, what I was doing. My body was interpreting it what I thought it was. Right. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone's gotten so bold and big and so over-exaggerated in his so-called style. And it's so interesting because he was subtle and it was all coming from a point of view. And, you know, even though it was sexy and seductive and sensual, but it was a conversation. It wasn't like disgusting and, you know, disjointed and... It wasn't all black all the time yeah. that it's become. It, you know, so it's... It's taken like a, a character. It, it's distorted. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of blossomed into not really being 
the man. Right. Yeah. The man was shy. Right. He was bald. He wore hats. He was turned in. All of that came his style. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was there, but... And he danced. I mean, when he danced, he danced. So was he changed at all? I mean, it was a couple couple years since you had done dancing. I mean, did you see any or sense any sort of difference in him? The way his demeanor was, the way he I taught, think, the way he you know. No, no. I, I just think um, I think he nailed that production number. Mm. I think maybe that was mm. one of the best production numbers that I think he yeah. ever did. Yeah. Agreed. Really, I think just the whole construction of it. It wasn't like lined up. It wasn't a combination everyone did. He had the background doing whatever they were doing. And Bruce and I were kind of seducing Loretta. Mm -hmm. Um, We were playing with her. She was our focus. She was my focus. Mm -hmm. She was right there. So instead of playing at the audience, I was right. It was all about her. So there's always an acting intention behind this. Always. Yeah. Always. always All of that. Yeah. You lost Mr. Fossey and Mr. Bennett in such a short amount of time from each other. How did you deal with the blow of those two two folks Um, leaving? Well, Michael was a blow. I wanted to do another something for him. Mm -hmm. I know he was doing some other things, but I wasn't involved with them. Mm -hmm. But I always, in my mind, thought, I want to do another thing with him. And then... um, Bob, it was so kind of like um, we won the Tony that Sunday. We closed the next Sunday. Mm-hmm. He was doing Sweet Charity. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it broke his heart. I mean, yes, he was you know right. did drugs and wasn't a healthy man and all that stuff. But I think just a combination of stuff just kind yeah. of broke him down. Yeah. I think that was. You know, we mentioned Bob Fosse, we mentioned Michael Bennett so much from that era. Is there another choreographer who you think should be mentioned as frequently as like Bob Fosse and Michael Bennett, who should get a little bit more recognition than maybe they're getting right now? Gower Champion or Ron Fields or Joe Layden or anyone along those lines? I think Ron and every one of them that you said, I think they were at, but they never like broke Mm -hmm. to that other level. I mean, they were at the core of some of the best choreographers, I think. Yeah. I mean, and obviously have done some really good work in their careers. Um, but I think with with Bennett and with Fosse, they went beyond yeah. that level and they just jumped to superstars. Yeah. How do you think dancers have evolved from when you were doing this to now? A, a dancer in Seesaw versus a dancer in, say, Book well, of Mormon. Well, I think some of the dancers out there are spectacular. I, I don't know how far they're going to go with because it's all about technique. Mm. So, and I mean, I, you know, I started late. I did have a ballet technique. Right. I have really good line, but I'm not a trickster. Right. And, you know, right. I can't do 150 pirouettes and jump yes. and do a split. And Two black backflips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, that's what it's all about. It's gymnastics and tricks and... Yeah the capability of holding their leg up in the air and doing a double pirouette or what, you know, it's spectacular. <laughs> but um, I don't know if they're rounded enough. Mm. I don't know if they're, the vocal thing comes into into play right. and then the, especially now, I mean, especially after a chorus line and oh, yeah. some of those shows where it was like the, the dancers were right. the stars, but yet there, you know, there was a, a star in there or so, but... Um, they can get in a car in a chorus. I I don't know if anyone's doing brilliant choreography. Yeah, 
I mean, the last thing that made my hair stand up was, and I don't know, and it's disrespectful, I should know, the guy who did the choreography for Fiddler on the Roof, the last big one that was at the Broadway Theater. Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant work. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he did a combination of Jerry, and he wove in his stuff. And... It looked like Jerry's stuff. It's kind of like what I did when I did Sweet Charity, which was maybe the hardest show I choreographed in my life because yeah. I had Bob on my I mean, back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know I didn't want to disrespect him. And yet, I'm doing a show and I'm trying to do it in my way. Right. I mean, I'm an upcoming choreographer myself, but there's these iconic numbers right. that, you know, were you like. You have to kind of. Yeah. I was paralyzed for a while. Yeah. Really. So I. I I did tip my hat to him a couple of times and threw in one of his steps, mm-hmm. you know, like the boxing thing and the frug and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. just to go. Oh, don't worry, don't yeah. worry. I'm I'm going like I know, going I know where it's coming from. I I I'm humble. Yeah. <laughs> hey, podcast listeners, are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly affordable? Check out Shetler Studios and Theaters, our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart, you'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combine to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience. Visit their website at Shetler Studios. Dot com. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway, and we hope that you make it your artistic home, too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. See you here. What do you look for out of a dance captain? The worst job. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've done it. It's so hard. I mean, you're a therapist. A therapist. You know, yeah, you're trying to get these kids to do stuff, and it goes sideways. I mean, all of a sudden, you were supposed to be on six, and now you're like on four or center. Uh, get back on six. Oh, no. I was always on four. No, you were I was always on four. And then you have to do that. And I go, well, if you go on four, it's like really the other, this other person's in front of you so if you just moved just over, to, go over six, to six you'd be in a better spot oh okay you know and you walk out of there and you're like oh for god's sake <laughs> you know it's just ridiculous it's hard yeah. it's really hard and especially on long running shows you don't like, want you know and then again you know you don't want to clean the crap out of it it takes it strips out all their personality you know everyone that's in out i mean i'm all for everyone's unique this is the combination, do the combination. Right. Dance the way you dance. Okay. You know, just be true to yourself. Let me see what you do. That's why you're hired. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you attracted me in the audition because you're great. So I don't want to nitpick every single goddamn thing that you do right. yeah. and make you a robot. Right. So that's that fine line. You have to figure out what that is. And so, it's tough. So when you're watching an audition, what are you looking for? Personality more than technique, technique more than personality, even split. I, again, it's just, the, I, I'll tell you a story. Do you know Mikey Winslow? Yeah. Okay. Love him. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing um, 
It's kind of easy though. It's hard and easy. I mean, you do a hundred people and you think I'm never going to get through this. I'm going to be completely blind. Right. And because you're so fucking oh, tired, no, you're fine. So, um, you kind of go, you know, yeah, bah, goodbye. Everyone else go away. Yeah. Uh, could you stay? Could you stay? You could stay. And you're like weeding them out like within seconds. I guess it's whoever pulls your eye and it's, it's got to be something going on in, in their interpretation, right. in their head, and plus the ability to do the combination and do it really well. So going through hundreds of people, and I never met Mikey, but he was one of those kind of people that are, is not in your face. He doesn't, I never did this either. I never went dead center. I never got in the first line. I'm somewhere in the middle, off to the side, so I can see the person teaching, but I'm not in their face. Mm -hmm. And if they come find me, they find me. If they don't find me, oh well. And I just did my thing. So in this mess, I see this guy back there, and he's dancing his ass off, just having a great fucking time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, my eye went straight to him. I went past five, six lines, straight to Mikey. Wow. It was just, it's just that. You just it's, know. And yeah. you can't explain. You, yeah. you can't explain it. And he's not. I don't think he's technically brilliant, like maybe some of the other people that are all, you know, balleted out and right. you know they're doing it perfectly and stuff like that with it's like, not, yeah, yeah, no soul, no yes. nothing going on. And he is just down to earth, grounded, doing the stuff, mm -hmm. dancing his face off. And it was like, I want you come over here, mm -hmm. you know that kind oh. of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun yeah it's You're fun I love auditions and yeah. I try to make it a party I really do I yeah. try to make it so if you don't get the job you walk out of there and you go I had the best Good. experience Great. I, I love it well I love dancers so I yeah. respect them so yeah how did uh, your relationship with Des Mackinoff come to be because you guys did Tommy together and then you did How to Succeed together yeah but it started with um uh Chess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the tour. Yeah, the tour. Yeah. yeah. So this is how I met them. So they had one week left, and they were going to Miami. Mm -hmm. And Des hated the choreographer, I hear. <laughs> and um, I don't know how he found my name, to tell you the truth. But he called me up and said, do you want to come in and do chess? Because we're about to go. And I said, sure. And I met him. <laughs> And it was all hell broke loose. I was in the room changing every piece of choreography. You know, we would have a conversation. I'd go in there and I'd do this stuff and bring them out, teach it on everyone. Next section, go in the room, do pre-production, do my oh thing, my come back out. Did that and we like hit it off. So it never went anywhere. It was a beautiful production, but really heavy set design. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was gorgeous. Um, and then from there, I think we did... Oh, how to, how to succeed. succeed. Yeah. How to succeed. Yeah. So if we're talking about how to succeed, I have to ask you about Brotherhood of Man. Yeah. How did that number come <laughs> to be? Talk about that one. Yeah. That was a fun number. Look at those, all those actors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, there was, an, I mean, there was like, there was maybe four stragglers in there that were like dancer dancers. Mm -hmm. But I had to make men dance yeah. and move. Right. And I came up with all that corny kind of yeah. cartoon stuff. Yeah. How does... Uh, 
a dance piece like that work with you and the director? Does the director come to you? For, does Des say, here's what I'm thinking, cartoony, blah, 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 and then you run? Or how, do, how does this work? No, you just kind of throw it out there, and then the director comes in and goes, oh, hey, you hit it on the nose. Or, hey, I don't like that. <laughs> Change it. And leaves. And he did that with Coffee Break. Oh, I did it eight times. Oh my goodness! What what was the problem? <laughs> Nothing. I had the I had the idea of what it was, but I guess I didn't. I have to say, Des made me an incredible choreographer, but he made me think like a director. Oh, yeah. uh, so that was the beginning of it. And if I needed to progress the story in whatever production number I was doing mm -hmm. with choreography, so. And if you look back at some of my work, it never really stopped, and I never like did a jerk off dance section. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like all of a yeah. sudden we're gonna dance just for like eight, the eight, sake eight, of it. No, yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Just because why not? You know, come on, I want to like pat myself on right. the back, let me fly across the stage right. with you like splits and jazz ones. Yeah. So I think in the beginning I was a little bit not focused with what I the storytelling that I was telling with Coffee Break, and I have it was one of my favorite numbers that mm. I like did. Um, I had the idea, coffee beans, calypso, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So that was that flavor and the manic, the manic, um, energy of, you know, having a caffeine, yeah. not caffeine, yeah, yeah. an attack, yeah. addiction, all of that madness and it just kind of evolves, but. And I'm sure every piece of choreography is challenging to create, but what has been the most challenging for you, uh, do you think, or which number stumped you the most or? Um, I actually think, and the most I'm, I'm mostly proud of myself is Holler. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I have no right. I mean, you know, an old little Italian what? guy doing the stuff. He <laughs> knows it. how to tell a story with movement. And, uh, but I said, I don't want any Broadway dancers. I want all street dancers mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, video dancers. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll put it together. I'll structure it. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I just felt really proud of the fact that I had that, that collaboration with the dancers and we mo I molded it together. I had an idea. I'd do some half-ass hip-hop step. Right. I imagine and, there's and, a learning curve for you. And, right. Like, and then yeah. they would go, oh, so you want to look like this? And I go, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's you know, but at least I gave them... I threw up yes. my insecurities and then they kind of like go, okay, you know, and there's moments where it's give and take and you're building sure. it on specific people. So yeah. like Bob did for me. Right. You said Michael um, Bennett did that as well. I mean, ab like, absolutely. Of so yeah. you got to work with the people that's there. And I was really proud of how it turned out. Yeah. 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 And so then after about a decade or so of choreographing, you turned to directing. Well, that was the thing that did it to me. Right. Yeah. I'm standing there checking the thing, yeah. doing the transitions, the whole thing is movement, the whole, and I went, I went, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta do it on my own or I have to try it on my own or yeah. I have to do something. Yeah. It's really hard when you get really good at what you do. Yeah. I'm a really good collaborator. I like working with directors that are great directors. Right. Like Joe and I got along like brilliantly right um and that was an interesting working relationship and we got along everything was great but 
I, I'm good at it. I mean, I drop my ego. Whoever the hell I'm supposed to be is outside. I walk into the room. It's just about the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the only way you can get a show that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't walk in there and go, what about me? Right. You know, right. where's my time to shine? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. When you're working on something like Aida, which is Disney, and there's Disney money available, is that a blessing or is that a curse? I, it was a blessing. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really lucky. They did a production. They fired everyone. Bob Falls came in. I met with him. He hired me, and we started from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was a choreographer's dream. Yeah. It, was, it was like a concert. It's so weird. I think that, well, I did get nominated for Dream. Yes. Aida? No. <laughs> they blackballed us. None of us got nominated. That's right. But I feel like that was some of my best work. Mm-hmm. And I actually think Color was some of my best yes. work. And I didn't get nominated no. for that either. So you can't figure it you out. You never know. No. And you just can't that, really figure it out. Yeah. And that's not what it's about, you know. No, it's, and it's, it's not just, what yeah. it's about. Yeah. But you kind of go, really? Re- yeah. Like, come on. You're like, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So Wicked now has oh. been running for how, ma- how many years it's are we on now? Two or three. Oh, 16. 16. Can't believe it. So how does this come into your orbit? Um, again, I was, I knew Marsha Goldberg um, mm-hmm. from How to Succeed. Mm-hmm. And they were doing readings uh, I guess Mark Platt and Steven and mm-hmm. Joe and Winnie and Stephen Aremus were doing readings and it w- really tasteful readings. It was just them sitting on a bleacher with music stands with the script and they had a band and they stood up and they sang their song and they sat down mm-hmm. and they didn't get into any stage or anything like that. But Joe didn't pick a choreographer yet. <laughs> and they were doing their last reading and it was just the first act. And I think Marsha and Lisa Laguillo said to Joe, I really think you should meet Wayne. And he said, okay. So I don't know who else went in the room, but I watched the um, first act. Mm -hmm. I was completely blown away. I mean, the, the music's spectacular. Did I know where choreography was in the show? No. Was there choreography in the show? <laughs> not really. Yeah. I mean, it's not that kind of a show. Right. So Joe and I had coffee, and he said, "What do you What do you think?" I said, it, "It's brilliant. I, I love it." He said, "Would you Do you want to be involved?" I said, "Yeah, of course." He said, "Well, what do you think?" I said, "Joe, I don't have a clue." where the choreography is, what the world is, but I'm willing to go for it. He said, okay, fine. Wow. That was the end of it. That was it? That was it. It was that simple. And our relationship stayed like that. I have to say. Trust, and it sounds like The world was colliding all around us, Uh, and the two little Italian boys were like, you guys were Thick as thieves. The company saw us. We were together. We weren't like beating each other up and stuff like that. We were consistent. Everything else was like doing what it's doing, and we stay straightforward. I would throw it up, yeah. and he would edit me, and I would fix it, and we'd get past that, and we'd move on. And you guys said you had a conceptual idea. What was that concept going into? Well, we knew that it was a strange world, and you know, and we knew that it wasn't normal kind of movement. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to see a ballet combination or a dance combination or any of that stuff in there. All these characters were really interesting, so you had to, again, build on them. Yeah. 
Um, and it just, it just evolved. I mean, all the transitional stuff we kind of did together. I took over when it, you know, it needed to be more musicalized and more choreographed mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And we did a lot of variations of a lot of numbers, like, like, you know, hit or miss kind of a thing. Um, San Francisco was a huge hit in San Francisco, but yet not really what they wanted to do ultimately. So who's they, the producers or? Well, I think somewhere, somewhere in our run and it was lines down the block. Everyone dressed up as witches and clowns and oh my, whatever oh. craziness, yeah. screaming, but it was, it was Christian's show. And it wasn't Elphaba's show. Elphaba was like the underdog right. and she was quiet, but it was, Kristen was the one that was the star and right. she's brilliant. I mean, yeah. yeah, she can't do anything wrong. I mean, it's Kristen. But they decided, we had, we had lunch and we sat there at the table and they said, we're a disaster. Oh. And I was like, oh God, here we go. Um, and what they were saying was, they needed to restructure the book so Elphaba would be the hero. She would be the underdog, she'd be the ugly duckling, but yet mm -hmm. she would be the one that everyone loved. She would be the savior. Wow. And that twist, and I got it. As soon as they said it, I got it. I got what they needed to do, but it also changed Christian's show, yeah. Glenda's show. Oh yeah. So got a little tense there for, yeah. that, for them. But. That. We got through it. We got back to New York and we kind of like opened the floodgate again and we kind of, something stayed, some things got thrown away. So, um, and Joe and I thought it was going to be a bomb. Really? <laughs> yeah, we just didn't know if anyone would come because we thought it was this dark musical and all of a sudden families with all these little girls yeah. in, the, in the audience and screaming and cheering and going, wow, and we're in the... We're in this big theater. We're never going to fill up this house. They're going to get wow, yeah. and get it's a, a whole generation of of, of, yeah. of young people have been influenced by this musical. I mean, it's not cheap to bring a family. To it the still theater. is it. I mean, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. It's, I'm telling you about it. It's ridiculous. It's a, and all the companies. I mean, uh, oh my god. Well, goodness. we had nine at one point. David was going for ten. Oh, Incredible. so that was amazing. Um, got it down to, I guess it's just three. It's sensible. Um, there was a there was a touring company in Europe that just closed. Mm. They're talking about maybe opening that again. Okay. So that would be great. What are your? I'm sure people are curious because you know it's one thing 16 years ago when you were putting this up. What are your job? You know, what are your duties now when it comes to maintaining the show? I, I go, know you delegate a little I bit. I go but, once a year. Uh huh. Corinne is the dance supervisor director and uh -huh. she's been doing that and she's brilliant mm -hmm. at what she does um i go in and i do like a a dance kind of cleanup seminar mm -hmm. it's like two days in a studio and mm -hmm. maybe a day on the stage mm -hmm. kind of i mean of course they're brilliant for two you know well, two weeks. you hired someone great. Then to... they go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no takes one to know yeah, one, I guess. Exactly. You know, a little so, bit. Yeah. And they get and they fly us to London every year. Joe and I, we just okay. came back. Good. Like, oh, two weeks ago, and they turn over the show every year. A whole other company. Oh wow! Which wow. is they only do a year contract. That's incredible. It's kind of brilliant. I don't you know, know how they do it. it keeps it but fresh. That's it's for sure. fresh. Yeah. yeah, the show is fresh. And I go over there and I kind of 
go before Joe. I see before Joe, and then I do like a mini cleanup, and then Joe sees it with me, and <laughs> and then we do that next level right. together. And, yeah, and they're in great shape. Yeah. Are you still rediscovering things about the show? Well, it's so funny because after we did the show and we went and we did the the London version, Joe and I we we were there for like nine weeks, ten weeks. Oh, oh my! Right, and we were like. What is that? What did we do there? And he said, I don't know. Could we fix it? I said, yes. <laughs> and we changed the whole show. Really? Well, not the whole oh, show, but, but like, a lot of chunks of it. And then whatever we did in London, we went to the nine other companies and put all the changes in. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. So we had a moment to kind of like go, ah, that doesn't work. <laughs> I said to Joe, do you remember when we do it in the courtyard where they were reading? Because that's what it's about, mm -hmm. the, you know, studying and stuff. And he used to take the books, and then at one point they threw their books out of the out of off the stage. He, he said, "Yeah, what happened to that?" I said, "Well, we threw it back." I said, "You want me to put it back?" He said, "Yeah, let's put it back." <laughs> <laughs> I was so stupid. No. Just stupid stuff that came up, but it was like but you never you were really, the trenches then. We I were there, that. so we might as well dig in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. So what what's next for you? What do you got cooking? Oh my god. Or do you hate that question? No, it's just so hard. Yeah. Since I like four years ago when I said I'm not doing this anymore. But when you said what, I'm what? not doing it, were you like I'm not gonna direct anymore? I'm not gonna No, I just like, didn't I just felt like it was my time to instead of being the unsung hero for directors mm -hmm. and not really getting the credit which right. was fine I don't care sure but still and if it's all said and done I'm pumping out shows but I'm okay time is ticking I'm here totally and it, it's time for me to give it a try and yeah. if I fall on my face great I mm -hmm. fall on my face yeah. and then Wayne go back to what the hell you were doing if you can get back there but I had to give it a try yeah so it's just really hard to change people's minds yeah. about who you are, yes. what you do, 11, 10 Broadway shows, yeah. very successful choreographer yeah. I am. It's not like, you know, it was hit or miss. <laughs> I did yes. get a reputation yeah. for my work yeah. and it was like, it's hard to, I think someone that's not a great choreographer maybe has a better opportunity of jumping and being a director. Yeah. You know, just jumping yeah. the going odds and going, ah, you know, not so good at choreography I'm going to do this <laughs> as opposed to this really established choreographer seven Tony nominations mm. where am I going right. how am I getting over to that other side yeah. yeah so things have come up like Dance Machine I right. did that I directed it and it was everybody else's choreography but it, that's but fine still, I'm fine I'm right. still putting it together <laughs> I had a conceptual idea um, it's just getting attention from producers yeah getting I I really came to the decision that I need a producer friend. I need someone that I could say, hey, I have this idea. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this movie that I want to do something with. It's called View from a, Wind View from a Window. Mm -hmm. It's an Italian film. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's just an interesting concept. So go and say, hey, look at this movie. It's a great movie. I'm thinking about it could be turned into a musical would you help me develop it? Yeah. That kind of a thing. Yes. It's finding that connection yeah. with, you know, it's not like a theater owner. 
can't go to a really a theater owner. I have to go to a producer that's yeah. going to either get Help the rights, get the head. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we got this. We can do this. You can go do like a little mini workshop yes. here and figure out, you know, get a writer. Do that. And the thing we're going to end with is if there's an aspiring choreographer listening to this, what piece of advice would you like to pass on to them? What do you wish you knew? What do you know now that you wish you knew then? I, you know what? I, I don't think it was anything that is like in words mm-hmm. that you can follow. I think it's a, the journey. Mm-hmm. And I also think that um, I just, you know, they just got to get more into what they're doing and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't just be about a shining moment. Yeah. It needs to be about the story and mm-hmm. drop your ego and whatever it is, you don't have to show technique all the time. Right. You just have to tell the story. Right. So if I would say if they, and there's some, everyone's got the ability to do it. It's just a different approach. Right. Yeah. My approach was different. Yeah. And, you know, I studied from a lot of people, so I'm not just classically trained. Right. I'm, I've got pieces from a whole bunch of stuff in me somewhere. And it comes out at different moments. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy I did that. I mean, I have like yeah. an abundance of wealth and yeah. knowledge, you know, from all of these people that I shared time with them. Yeah. Just can't get that from, yeah. you know, so. You're a lucky guy. I, yeah. I would just say keep working. Yeah, yeah. yeah I am definitely, I'm definitely so blessed. I've oh, had a blessed career, I have yeah. to say. You continue to. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you for welcome. all of this. Yeah. All right, till next time, everybody. everybody. Thank you. Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And friends, don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you guys can come in and help us out. Yes, in order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. The more ratings, the more will come up in searches. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. True story, Rob was there. I saw it. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.